Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Welcome property sourcers, property sourcing profit makers, property profiteers, sourcing profit seekers, all our friends out there in property, wonderful property land. Welcome to my latest uh, episode for the Property Sourcing Profits podcast. And here we go. And I'm going to celebrate today. I'm feeling... um, bright and breezy there's a spring in my step and my caps on the side of my head i'm whistling and singing as i breeze down the road why team why because to be honest what we do is a joy what we do should bring a smile to our faces every day of the week and uh, i've been out there spending some time packaging some deals this week who knew right what david you're actually doing some actual deals. Yes, we are. Absolutely. I spent four days on patch with four different sets of investors. And it was just a joy. It was so easy, right? Because I met some lovely people and they're all very different people and their situations were different. And we we talked about this different situations, but individually. And uh, they all knew that they were coming to see me to talk about property. They all know what I do and how I do it. And uh, well, I had four very pleasant kind of half days driving round, showing them projects, explaining the numbers in the projects and uh, just seeing if there's a fit. Uh, because uh, this relationship has to be right for both sides, right? You get you, you know, like we all want investors and maybe at the beginning you're too desperate to get investors. But what I like is working with people that I like. And I'm not afraid to say to investors, mm, maybe it's not right for you yet. Maybe this isn't, this isn't what you're looking for. Maybe you need a different area. Maybe we can't help. I'm not afraid to do that if I think it's going to be an issue because um, you want somebody that you're going to be able to work with going forward. So here's the thing, team. What is this episode is about? I genuinely believe that what we do is easy. It's very simple. It's very pleasant, okay? And um, I'm going to share with you a little breakthrough that two or three of my friends who I'm helping with their deal packaging business uh, had this week because they too have realised that what we do is very simple. And to get to that point, you have to go through all the other stuff. And what do I mean by the other stuff? Because if you go out into property forum land, you're going to see people who profess to have some wisdom and experience in what we do, saying, oh, it's really, really hard. Oh, this deal packaging malarkey, sourcing deals for investors, going out there, finding deals, finding investors. It's really hard. You know, it's tough. There's so many things you have to do. You've got to find a deal, right? Then you've got to find an investor. Then you've got to find whether that investor is really an investor or they're a tyre picker, a kicker. Then you've got to find, is the deal really a deal, right? You've got to go and have a look and do stuff. Okay, I'm going to pause right here. None of this stuff is difficult. None of this is hard. Hard compared with what? Compared with what? You know, what are we comparing it to? There are people in the world who have to do things that are really, really hard. There are. There are people who work down mines. There are people who have to go two, three miles under the ground in a mine, putting their lives at risk every single day. And that's really, really hard to earn their crust, right? We don't have to do anything like that. Uh, What we do is really, really easy. 
Uh, then there's people that do things that are much harder than us, like brain surgery. Now, that's tough. You know, you're putting your fingers inside somebody's head, right? That could end badly, okay? Brain surgery is hard, right? Why are we not doing brain surgery, guys? I've spent four delightful half days driving around town with four delightful sets of people. Um, if they all want to buy, that's cool. If they all don't want to buy it, that's totally cool. My life won't change, right? Because um, there'll be some more people I can talk to. As it turned out, I think they're all in. Now, we're not quite at that place with all of them. But two or three of them are all in. And I think uh, the fourth one, once they organise themselves and work out what it is that they're looking for, they're going to be all in as well. We had a really pleasant time. Um, you know, but this is easy. But what I do is I've done much more difficult things in my life than what I had to do this week, spending time with four lovely investors. I did. You have, guys. You have. Yes, you. You listening. I can see you out there in uh, podcast land. I can see you listening to this, uh, sitting at the table in your leopard print onesie and a glass of uh, who knows what that is. Nice cheeky glass of red. Yes, you I'm talking to. Right. There are people listening to this podcast now that have done some really, really difficult things in their lives, in their personal lives, in their work lives, whatever. You have really bitten the bullet and done tough things, right? What we do is not tough. So why don't you embrace it and jump in and, and get involved and actually make some money? Because I'll, I'll be frank with you guys. Yes, you have to work hard to build your business, especially in the early days, to build your reputation, to build your profile, to build your contact list, both for investors and for sourcing properties. Yeah, that is hard work right? But it's not really hard if you break it down. A cinch by the inch, but hard by the yard, right? Uh, but basically, it's very easy. And once you're up and running and established, the whole thing becomes very easy. It's a delight, right? You've got it systemized. It purrs along. Not that it was difficult in the first place. So where is it that people get stuck? What are the roadblocks? Where Where is it that people say, oh, David, I can't do this anymore. It's so hard. Well, let's have a look. What, what sort of things are raised with me? Oh, David, I've got to find an investor. Okay. So we go through the network thing. We go through the Facebook uh, profile building thing. I've done podcast episodes on that. Have a scroll back through the earlier uh, episodes and you'll find them. Okay. So some good advice on how you can do that. You know, but here's the thing. I met an investor and they said they were interested and we had a conversation and I sent them out the forms to get their ID and their money laundering information in so, you know, so that I could be compliant and I could move the thing forward. They, David, they won't fill their forms in. Oh, it's so hard, right? <laughs> here's the gig team. You've got to ring them up and chase them for their forms. You have. Not everyone will send back the forms just because you send out the forms. They won't. Okay, because they're busy people. You know, if you've got an investor that's worth their salt, they're out there making money in their other world, in their other job, in their other profession, whatever whatever it is that they do, and they're really, really busy people. So chase up the forms. Hi, investor, I sent you the forms. A week's gone by. I really need the forms because I can't do anything without the forms, and I don't want you to miss out. Chase up the forms. That's not hard. That's called chasing up forms, Okay. So they ch you chase up the forms and then it comes in and they're, they're a little bit airy-fairy. You know, they don't really tell you what's going on. Have they got any funds? What funds do they have? Because presumably on your form, 
you've got some sort of qualifying questions about who they are and what they want and what their fund situation is. Now, here's a fork in the road team. I'm going to share this with you now. What I do at this point, and from the minute I get together with investors, I want to make sure they've got cash, right? I make sure that they've got cash that they can buy the properties with at the level that we are looking at properties, that they can fund the whole project from cash. Why, David? Why do you do that? And that's got to be a really hard thing to do. Okay, stay with me, team. First of all, it's not a really hard thing to do, right? Did you know, and I never knew this, that in London and the southeast of England, the personal wealth of UK citizens living in that region is five trillion pounds. Five trillion pounds. That's the money they got in the bank, in the building society, tucked away under the mattress, maybe in ices and stocks and shit. Who knows, right? Five trillion pounds. The overall wealth of every citizen in the United Kingdom today is over 12 trillion pounds. That's how much these people have got secreted away, right? They have got plenty of money to spend on your projects because I'll tell you this much, if they've got a few bob tucked away, they want to look after it. And the best way, best way, in my experience, over 40 odd years, being in business and being in property is to put it into property. And I believe that with every pore of my body, right? I will believe that. So you've got a great offer if you can help people build their property portfolio, you'll be out there telling them that. The other reason I want to know how much money they've got is it's easier for me. It's much easier for me if I'm outsourcing deals. Doesn't matter what sort of deal it is. It could be a single let, it could be a commercial conversion or anything in between, right? But it's much easier for me if my investor is going to pay cash. Now, they can leverage out again on the backside. So if the deal's in place and they paid for it cash and it's all up and running and ready to go, yes, by all means, refinance at that point. And get as much money as you can back out again. Will you get every penny out? Probably not in 2019. That's not how we roll. Okay, so work with cash because it's easier to work with cash. And you might be sitting there at the start of your packaging career thinking, it's really hard to work with cash, David. I don't think I can work. I can't find the cash. But you will find them. I promise you guys, it's part of the learning curve. And guess what? It's easy. It becomes easy. It's not hard. hard. So let's assume you're not there yet and you're going to work with, but you found some investors. You're going to work with them, but they're going to raise mortgages. There's nothing wrong with buying property on a mortgage. Of course there isn't, right? It gives you some more jobs to do to make sure the deal gets over the line. It does. Uh, but are any of these things hard? I'm going to pick out a few that, uh, as I go through, just jump into uh, my mind. So first things first, you found a deal, you found the investor that wants to buy a deal, they've got a deposit, they're going to raise a mortgage. Cool. You've got to introduce them to a mortgage broker. You have... Because if you leave it to them, they'll just wander off and, you know, life gets back in the way and, and they're busy at work and they're busy with the family and stuff's going to happen. They're not going to do it. Put them together forcibly with one of your favourite mortgage brokers. There's some great mortgage brokers out there. If anyone wants any advice, message me. I'll send you some advice. Great mortgage brokers. Then they've got to fill in a mortgage application form. This is not hard, team. This is easy. But you have to chase it, right? And this is why I don't do it, because I can't be bothered with all this stuff anymore. But if you're at the start of the journey, this is something you're going to want to do. So put yourself out there, 
get them in with a great mortgage broker make sure they complete the mortgage application form now here's the things with mortgage application forms in 2019 they're a bit thick there's a lot of pages you know in the old days it was like four or five sides of you know little boxes that you filled in now it's like a book okay so you've got to prepare your investor to fill in the book and they've got to be ready when it comes and then they've got to allocate time to do it okay this is not hard it's really not because if they want to invest it's just another pre-type hurdle that you're going to ask them to climb over if you prepare it up front they will expect it and they'll fill it in if they don't fill it in you've got to be, be able to ring up the mortgage broker and or the investor and say have you filled it in have they filled it in should we chase this up because unless they're going to get their mortgage application underway it's not going to happen how do you know how do you know that they might not have filled the application in because one of the first things that happens after they put their application in is that they have to pay to have a bank survey done of the property. So you will know soon enough if that appointment's been made. If that appointment's been made, then they are on their way. You've got a good good investor here. We, the, the vibes are good. I'm feeling good about this person. Why? Because they filled in the form and they would have paid a few hundred quid for the bank survey because that doesn't come free. So they're going to have to pay for that. This is going really, really well now. Okay, so you chase the mortgage application. You've got to chase the solicitor as well. Now, you have to have access to the investor's solicitor. I know they're not supposed to talk to you. I know that their client is their client and it's client confidentiality and stuff like that. Uh, but if you build a relationship with a professional property solicitor and you've done 10, 15, 20 deals. And I know the first 10 are the hardest. I get it. You're not there yet, but stay with me, guys. Keep moving forward. But if you get that many deals, uh, they're not supposed to talk to you. But will they talk to you? Mm, some will. They will. So if there's a pinch point in the process, you've got to know what the pinch point is so that you can move the deal forward. Because you don't want to lose the deal if it gets stuck in solicitors. Now, it can get stuck in the solicitors for various reasons. Either solicitor is slow, or the investor is telling the solicitor to go slow. Now, that could be for many reasons, right? It might even be that the investor's a bit nervous, maybe having second thoughts. You're better off to flush it out at this point. You are. It hasn't cost you anything except a bit of time. If you want to preserve your relationship with the estate agent, don't let this deal fall down. Make sure you move it forward as quickly as you can. So you've got to chase the solicitor. Easy or hard? It's not hard to chase a solicitor. You might have to ring a few times, but the more persistent you are, the more likely you are to get through. The more, the better relationship you have with a nice lady, usually it is a lady, who answers the phone in the solicitor's office, the more likely you are to get through. You know, you've got to build those relationships. We're all about relationships at any given time. If it's the investor that's putting the brake on, you've got to talk to them one-to-one, -one, face to face, on the phone, whatever, and say, what's going on? Do you want it? Don't you want it? I don't mind. You've got to tell me. I don't want to lose the deal just because you've got cold feet. Yeah, as frankly as that. Frankly and open as that. Because this is business. Got a bit, you know, it's business. So Let's assume it's all going swimmingly well. The mortgage application's going through. We've had the survey, stuff like that. Then you have to agree with the investor what your fee is. And your fee should be non-negotiable, right? You should have a standard tariff of whatever it is you're sourcing. If it's single lets, in 2019 for most of the United Kingdom, I wouldn't charge less than five grand. 
Now, there are certain pockets of the United Kingdom where you're going to be selling houses in those areas for ooh, 40, 50, 60K, and they're going to get a 10 grand return. That might be a bit steep if you're just starting out and you're not feeling confident, if you're not feeling it. So you might want to charge three grand. I will let you, I'll give you a special dispensation on those particular units to charge three grand. But you can charge five grand for single let houses um, in most of the UK. And most start out investors with a few bob coming to property will want single lets. As long as you set them up properly, they work really, really uh, efficiently. So you've got to work out how much you're going to get paid, talk to your investor and make sure you're going to get paid. This is not hard. This is easy. The investor, I promise you, is expecting to pay you a fee. Now, you should have set it up right in the early days. You know, the script for getting paid is very straightforward. I'll go into the script now. You will understand, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor, that this is what I do for a living. I go out and I make people wealthy by sourcing them great cash flowing properties that will build and grow over the years uh, and, and will make you wealthy. I, you're going to enjoy that asset forever. I only get paid once. For this type of deal, this is what my charges are. X, whatever it is. Okay, so the deal's going on through. You know you're going to get paid. You come up to the thorny point where you might have to submit an invoice. When do you submit your invoice? I'll tell you when I put mine in. Very straightforward. Uh, usually, you have a date set by the solicitors. They're targeting exchange and completion of the deal. Generally, exchange and completion are on the same day. They are in the property business. It's unusual that you have a delayed completion, but you know, it might be the structure of the deal. But let's assume standard deal, exchange and completion on the, on the same day, and it's always a Friday. Uh, why Friday? I don't understand. It's always been Friday, right? Uh, and then if you don't make it on the targeted Friday, you've got to sweat all the way through to the following Friday before they try again. Friday, don't get it. Anyway, if it's on the Friday, then about 10 days before that, you send your invoice through to the solicitor and you have to ring your investor and say, Mr. Investor, oh, Mrs. Investor, I've just sent my invoice through to your solicitor. Please, would you give them instructions to make sure it's paid, right? Because they won't pay it without your instructions. So I'm taking you're happy with everything. You know that I'm going to submit uh, an invoice to you. Please make sure they pay it. Yeah, oh, David, of course. Of course, you leave it to me. I'll drop them an email and I'll copy you in. That's perfect. Thank you very much. Okay. That is not hard. That is easy. You might feel a bit awkward the first two, three times you do it. But, you know, awkward's not hard. You know, walking 10 kilometers in the third world somewhere to get fresh water every day, that's hard. Okay. This is not hard. Hard compared with what? This is easy. So I submit my invoice to the uh, investor solicitor. The investor solicitor sends the investor a completion statement a few days before exchange and completion, asking to be put in funds to X amount of money so that they can complete the deal. In amongst the X amount of money is your fee, and they'll pay you your fee on the day of exchange and completion. That's how I roll. That's how I do it. That's how I get paid. So you've got to liaise with everyone. You've got to chase it through. You chase it through the agent to make sure the vendor's happy. You chase the investor through. You chase the mortgage broker through. You build a relationship with the solicitor so they will talk to you, uh, and that's important. And you're just, chasing, you're just chasing it through. Now, when you start out, you're going to be chasing it yourself. 
do you know and that's probably the best way right because i like chasing this stuff myself because and then i know it's been chased when you get a bit bigger then you're going to have a team that does it and that's cool too so long as the chasing people chase very very important so this is not difficult all of this stuff is easy and um, I've been working with three friends who are on their way building their deal packaging business and three times on different completely separately they don't know they don't know I was talking to different people you know uh, on different phone calls at the time I never shared it with them three times this week I've had deal packages new deal packages say to me when I They've hit a bottleneck. They've hit something. They're really troubled. I've got to talk to you now, David. This is so confusing. I'm really puzzled. I can't do it. And it's hard. And when I explain to them that they're overcomplicating it and they've got to make it easy, three times I've had, and I wish I'd recorded it because it was a joyous thing to hear, each of them said, oh, is it as straightforward as that? Is that all it is? Is that all I have to do? Yes. Yes, it's easy. I know it's obviously easy. So what were the three things? What were the three things? Number one, uh, and I've done a separate podcast episode on this. So one of the things was one of our new friends was finding hard, and by the end of the conversation he found it easy, was working out what gross yield are as opposed to return on capital employed. And in the middle, we, not in my uh, business, do not talk about ROI, return on investment. Let's deal with that one first. We don't talk about real ROI because everything, it means something different to everything, to everybody. And uh, ROI I struggle with. And I, um, the reason I struggle with is that everyone calculates it differently. No one's quite sure what everyone means. It's not a standard property term. If you're dealing with stocks and shares, if you're dealing with gold, if you're dealing with something like that, ROI may well be the appropriate um, calculation to make. But in property, when you introduce mortgages and leverage and stuff like that, I don't think it works. And you finish up dividing net figure by gross figure and, and there's a confusion and it doesn't work. So stay with me, team. When I go through the other two, you'll understand why, why I said what I've just said. Number one, you have to know gross yield. And gross yield is really easy and you use gross numbers, okay? So gross yield is, write this down. I've told you before, but it's still causing confusion. Write this down. It is the gross rent roll per annum. 12 times the monthly rent, full stop. That's all it is. Divided by the cost of acquisition of the building. So that's the cost of the building, the refurb, any legals, stamp duty, fees. You can count your fee in. Absolutely. I will. Hands up here. I've got my hands up, team. You can't see me. I present my fee separately. Um, that may or may not be the right way to do it. It's the way I've always done it. No one's ever complained. Uh, in order to get the correct gross yield, presumably really you should include your fee in the cost of acquisition, but I never do. Ho-hum, right? I'm comfortable with that calculation because I'm um, dividing gross figures, the rent roll, by gross figures, the cost of acquisition. That's really cool. Let's go to the other end of this spectrum. Return on capital employed. Okay, very, very simple. Let's keep it simple. Return on capital employed is the net income. So the net king income from the building annually, after all deductions for, I don't know, letting agents, voids, repairs, if you're paying for council tax, 
electric gas wi-fi if it's an hmo you wouldn't do that for a single let it's just the net income after deductions and you divide that by the cash left in the deal full stop so if you're buying it with cash then the whole purchase price is the cash left in the deal if you're getting the mortgage then maybe only 25 percent of that cash is left in the deal so if you're buying for cash and you're getting the mortgage afterwards and you'll get 75% of the money back out again, then 25% is the number that you use. So let's use a 100 grand house because I don't know where you are, but it makes sense to the arithmetic, right? 100 grand house, if you leave 25 grand in, that is the money left in the deal. And the net income is divided by 25 grand to uh, calculate the return on your capital, right? So those are the two numbers you want. You want gross yield, return on capital employed. Do not talk about anything else. Do not get embroiled in the swampy, get sucked down into the swamp of confusion and, and, and opaqueness that is uh, ROI when it comes to property. That is my view. That's how I see it. Gross yield, return on capital employed. I explain this again, again, to my new friend to packaging. He'd heard it before more than once. And he's the penny dropped. Got it, David. That's easy. That's just easy. Absolutely. So easy, easy number two. And it was so hard when she came to me. Oh, David, I don't know how to do this. Well, I don't want to do. I'm talking to estate agents, David, to try and get rent to rent, rent to SA opportunities. But it's so complicated, it's so difficult. What do I say? What do I say? It's not complicated. Right, they may not say yes, but this is the script. Write it down. This is the script. If you are out there looking for rent to rents, rent to essays, there are three questions you need to ask. Only three, and you can ask them like this, or you can fluff it out a bit and say it in your own words. That's probably better. But the three questions are, number one, will your landlord accept a corporate let? Number two, is the property available now, today? Number three, will your landlord accept a long let? Three to five years, whatever. And then you can dress it up from there. So I work with local companies who are looking to provide accommodation for their teams. They might be on a project temporarily, stuff like that. Is it available today? Because we've got people waiting. And number three, will you um, will your landlord consider a three to five year let? Because, you know, we have to provide continuity for our teams, right? And they're going to need accommodation. Pause. Once I explained to her that was the script, she loved it. She got it, right? Because she had written this convoluted, you know, tying herself in knot, almost apologetic in parts. And I get it. I understand how that happened. I know how that happens. When you haven't done it before, you don't know what to say, right? But when you keep it nice and simple, bang, 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 one, two, three, and you can you can dress it up. I wouldn't, if I was talking to a state agent, I wouldn't do it bang, 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 right? I, I would dress it up a bit. But those are the three questions to summarize, right? Three things. Will your landlord consider a corporate let? We're working with local businesses who want accommodation for their teams. Number two, is that property available today? You need it now. And number three, will your landlord consider a long-term let? Three to five years. This is not hard, guys. This is very simple. You need to go and practice it a bit. I've just practiced it three times. 
you know, telling you what it is on this podcast, right? Go and practice it half a dozen times in a mirror so that you believe it. You're gonna, you're gonna be able to do it all. So I hope this is, I hope this has been really, really helpful, right? Deal packaging, sourcing, finding investors, sourcing property is not hard. It really isn't. We got to get over this hard thing. Do not listen to the voices out there in property forum land, YouTube, wherever that say deal packaging is really, really hard. When you hear that, my stock response is compared with what? What are you comparing it with? You know, my life is not hard. Okay, I'm not saying we don't have challenges. I'm not saying deals don't fall through. I'm not saying you get undervalued. There's a good one. You say you applied for a mortgage, and the value's marked down. You're going to get that all the time. You need to be able to deal with it. It's not hard. You just got to have a script. I the longer I do deal packaging, the more I am convinced that you need a script for every scenario. And as you grow your experience and you grow your wealth of scripts how to speak to your investor stroke vendor stroke estate agent in every scenario that is the way to get a successful business so i'm going to start maybe a new, some more podcast episodes i'll start deep deep diving into scripts maybe that would help you so i hope this has been helpful thank you so much for listening again remember what we do is very easy it's not hard anyone thinks it's hard drop me a message i'll give you the script to make it easy i hope you've got value out of this i look forward to speaking to you very very soon get out there and find some deals we're gonna we're gonna sell all of them thank you for listening i am david siegler see you on the next episode